Hello, my friends. Welcome to the space in between. Welcome back. Phoebe Leona here. And we have been on a bit of a break. Uh, I don't know how long it's been, but in so many ways, we have always been here in this space in between. And so this is our first episode back. I'm going to share a little bit about what I've been up to in this this pause from the podcast and share a bit of value for you in these chaotic, uncertain times and uh, share some announcements that are happening presently and coming up in Nomadland. So one of the reasons that I took a pause from this podcast was because I, as of April 4th, will be a published author of my first solo book, Dear Radiant One. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for the opportunity with Grace Point Publishing, who is bringing this beautiful baby of mine out into the life, into light. And it was a journey, my friends. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about what that journey looked like, the emotional side, also the technical side too. So if you're out there, you know, uh, as an aspiring author thinking, ooh, I wish I could do that. Well, I'll give you a little bit of ins and outs of what that looks like so you can think about that process and see if it is something that you want to dive into. And and I'll also share again my emotional experience of that. And that'll lead us into our talk here today on, on the chaos and certainty in this life. So Back in January 2021, I sat and I thought, you know, this is the time. Here we are still in a pandemic, not quite sure when things were going to open up again. And I had had this book on my shelf for a couple of years. But when I wrote what I call or what Brene Brown calls the shitty first draft is I wrote this shitty first draft of mine of the book. Um, I think it was like four years ago, but I was still in it. I was still going through this emotional recovery. I was still going through my own healing and it was still so raw. And so the stories that I was still wrestling with at that time, well, some of them hadn't really resolved themselves, um, you know, in the physical realm, but also in my emotional being. And I thought if anybody looks at this and wants to move things around like an editor, I'm not ready for that. So I put it on the shelf and it sat there. I didn't look at it. I didn't really think about it until about the end of 2019. And I thought, ooh, you know, this winter, I don't have a lot going on. I think I'm going to start to dive into the book. So, you know, things ended up happening. I ended up having a teacher training and And then, as you all know, March came around and it was 2020, uh, there was a pandemic and we went into lockdown and, oh, I thought, oh, this could be the perfect moment to sit with everything and write, but it was still because there was so much uncertainty, so much chaos, I wasn't in the right headspace to, to actually sit with it again. So that's when January came around of 2021. And I thought, okay, this is the time we still don't know what's happening. I feel a lot more grounded in terms of my emotional being. I feel like I've done a lot of healing, especially in that time um, when we were all in that sort of lockdown space. And I thought, this is the time if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. And so January came in and I said, okay, I'm going to write. So I pulled out the old, that shitty first draft. And I 
had this whole other idea of a structure and form and shape to in a layer to it. So I started to work with the old stories and I started to restructure them and I saw this beautiful book unfold. And in and I'll talk a little bit more about the emotional side of that in a moment. I'm going to talk more of the technical side. So come, I think it was April, I was feeling pretty good. I was in a good groove. I was writing pretty much, you know, for chunks of time through the that winter. And here comes spring and somebody reached out to me on Facebook, Annette uh, of Sanctuary Publishing. And she said, I have this multi-author book and I would think that your, your voice would be really well represented in this uh, multi-author book called Cage No More, which is stories of women breaking through the societal constraints. And I thought, ooh, yeah, I think so. I think, well, maybe this is the book that I've been, you know, contemplating, but it was only 3000 words, which is about a chapter. And I thought, Ooh, that might be a little, little tight (laughs) for the 50,000 words I had already written. But I use this as an opportunity to say yes to the universe. Like, yes, I'm ready to get my, my words published. So I said, yes, I, I wrote that. And then as soon as I submitted my chapter, this other opportunity came in with this entrepreneur group that I'm a part of, this women's entrepreneur group, WEX. And we were having these workshops with Grace Point Publishing where they were coming and talking about getting your book published. And by the end of the week, we had this you know, workshop online. They were talking about people who, if you wanted to get your book published, they were going to sit down and speak with you and see if we were all aligned. And I did some research. I looked at them. I really loved who they represent, primarily female authors uh, who are in the wellness spiritual world. One of the the founders, Karen uh, Parker uh, Curry, is uh, one of the leading leading voices of human design. And so I thought, ooh, this is a really beautiful company that I would love to be aligned with. So we sat, we chatted, and within like a few days, I was signing a contract to get my book published. And I had at that point, I think I did have about 50,000 words. And so I sat with my first coach and she went through everything that I had. And I told her the idea of how I was going to finish this book. And she said, yes, she gave me the green light. She said, yes, let's go ahead, go do that. So that was what I did the rest of the spring and summer was I finished the third section. And then we did a few more rounds of reading it and editing, and we passed it off to beta readers, which were chosen by me, people that I I chose, I think about four or five people that I felt knew me, but didn't know enough about my own personal story to feel attached to it. So I didn't ask my mom because she was in the book and she was a part of these stories. So I asked, you know, a student who knew me for a period of time, knew my voice, but also didn't know the personal side of me. And so I asked a couple of different people in my other various worlds to to read this and see, were they getting everything that they needed out of it, right? So they weren't filling in the blanks because they already knew me. And then we went to another round with people who didn't know me to two or three beta um, beta readers who didn't know anything about me, just read the book and got their feedback. And so from that, we basically went through it one more time, made any little changes if there was anything that was unclear. And then it went to a senior editor 
and the senior editor, she started to look again at my voice, but then looking more on the grammatical side of things. So we went through that a couple of times and it went lastly to a proofreader to just one more time flesh out any little details, doing little fact checks, um, grammatical errors. And then it's now, right now, as we speak, it's in the, it, the final manuscript is with the people who are creating the layout. And so that's the where you look at the fonts, you look at the, you know, the title pages, what everything looks like. And then, oh, and then in between around there, about the last month or so, we had the book cover design. And so that went a couple of times back and forth, what I was envisioning, what they were envisioning, and we played around with that. So here we are now, as I record this, this is March 24th. We have the final manuscripts. We have, we're working on the layout, the book cover's done, and they have the, the number the, for Library of Congress, it's official, they're working, the publisher is working on getting it distributed, and I'm leaning back and I'm going, okay, how am I going to share this baby with the world? So I'm getting really creative, and as, as some of you already know, I have a background as a dancer, and I've decided... I want this to be a multidimensional experience. So instead of doing book greetings, because everybody asked, are you doing a book tour? And I said, ooh, yeah, I think so. But, you know, COVID, we're not quite sure. Is it going to be open yet? Where is it not? Can we do things in person? So I decided I'll wait a little bit because I'm looking at the long run. I'm not looking at like April 4th, 100 million copies sold. I'm thinking this like more Palo Coelho alchemist it's going to be for the long term. This book is just going to ripple out and uh, and reach thousands and thousands of people over time and space. Because I think that the story that I have to share is something that we all experience, this emotional recovery. And we've all been going through it in a lot of different ways these past two years in particular. So I have these book reading dance experiences that will be happening later this year. I'll tell you more as we go. And I have an idea for a book um, book dance video with my friends who are dancers and storytellers that will come and share my story through their voice and their bodies and their expressions of their bodies. So I'll tell you more, you'll see things, but that's the technical side of how this book came to life. And so I wanna share also a little bit about the emotional journey of it was, you know, as I said before, four years ago, here I was still living in this recovery. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know a little bit of my story of, you know, 2013, my father passed away in January. And two months later, I went through a divorce, um, a relationship that had been 15 years old. So there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of emotion all over the map that year and the following few years as I was, you know, working through my own, you know, old past and the patterns that I, how I got to that place and the trauma that I was still, you know, feeling and, and moving through. And so there was a lot of inner, inner work. The writing itself was very healing but I did a lot of other work on my own through movement practices, through therapy, talk therapy, working with various healers. 
And so by the time 2021 came and I sat down and I thought, let me revisit this story in the shape of storytelling. And it was, it was like I was going through it all over again. And I say this to anybody who's out there who does have a story to share, who does have a voice and wants to bring it out into the light, that to be prepared for it, to be prepared that you will go through that story again, right? Even though you might feel like, oh, that's in the past, I'm over it, there will be, a, it will resurface in ways. And so I'll use an example. Um, so my first section is the story of my my childhood with my relationship with my father. And the last two sections, the second section is uh, how I dance with the darker emotions, like fear, like shame, like anger, like feeling misunderstood and loneliness, chaos, anxiety, um, grief. And the third section is how I got to dance with the lighter emotions, how I invoked more gratitude, joy, love, connection, peace, serenity. And I did this, and you can read it soon, through writing letters to these emotions. This is how I I came through the storytelling. And so as I was writing these letters to the emotions, and I'll I felt like I was going through them again. I was reliving. I was rehashing all the anger that I ever felt, even um, in those past stories. But then every there was like life was bringing me in the present moment something to be angry about. <laughs> and so I got to feel anger in my present experience again. And it was going through all of the emotions, the darker emotions first. Um, and the last one that I held um, at the end to write was grief. And because I had been going through all of the other ones through, through the writing, through with fear, with anger, with shame, and I was feeling like, oh God, am I going to have to experience grief in the present day? And the, you know, and I was actually really, really nervous about it. I was thinking, gosh, what am I going to have to grieve when I get to this writing this chapter? And I had set aside the first weekend of April and I thought, okay, this is the weekend that I'm going to write about grief. And I'm really nervous that I'm going to have to experience grief before. That Friday, it was, I believe it was April 1st, maybe it was Thursday, I'm not sure. It was a day or two right before that weekend, but I know it was April 1st. I received a call from my best friend's brother, who, best friend that I grew up with, Gabby. And her brother, you know, I was, I was had a, a connection with him when we were growing up, but I didn't, hadn't spoken with him in years. And so here I see this message coming in from Facebook Messenger, a phone call, and I thought, oh, I'll pick it up. And, and it was Gabby's brother, and his, immediately I heard his voice, and I knew my best friend Gabby, who was at the time 43, passed away in her sleep. And I thought, oh God. I mean, of course, my first thought is, oh God, Gabby. 
And then my second one was, oh God, I called this in because <laughs> I'm going to write about grief. And so that weekend, instead of writing, I grieved her. I felt it all again. I grieved my best friend. I grieved my childhood all again. I grieved my father again. And I have so many memories of Gabby and my dad together in my childhood because I was raised primarily as an only child and with my father and Gabby was my best friend. She was over there so many, so many times when I was growing up and like I have so many memories of the three of us together. And so it was a very challenging time. But I was grateful that I had that rawness again to experience it. And it gave me this opening to write about Gabby because Gabby had been in the background of all these other stories that I was sharing. And, and I realized, oh, I need to honor her. <laughs> I need to honor Gabby. And this is the be- most beautiful way I could do it through these stories. So I'm sharing this with you because if you are an author or you're an aspiring author out there and you do have a story to tell, tell it, share it, but know that you will be reliving it again in some way and make sure that you feel grounded. Make sure you have a support system. Make sure that you have publisher, if you are doing the publishing route, that you can totally trust with your words. That was a huge piece for me that I'm so grateful for. I'm going to shout out to my, my editing was Shauna Hardy. She was my first, you know, editing coach. And I was nervous. I was nervous to share these very vulnerable stories in the world. And, and she was the first person who read them, you know, some moments in my life that I had not shared with anybody, had not uttered them out loud to anybody. And to have her reflect back that this was something that needed to be told, it grounded me and said, okay, all that I just experienced my whole life, but also that writing experience was worth it. And it's time to move forward and to know this is no longer about me, but about the bigger, the bigger mission of sharing for a healing for all of us. So Make sure if you're out there and whether you decide to become a published author or you just want to share in blogs or, you know, you want to just start to talk about your story and share your story with people that you love, know that it's important to have that support system. And if you do, if you do want to lean into it, I also want to offer to you that because I was so happy with my experience at Grace Point, I and they saw what my bigger vision is of Nomad. They said, "Hey, why don't you have this beautiful space for aspiring authors where you can have your own press under our publishing house?" So we now have Nomad Press where you, if you're out there, have a story to share, have a voice that needs to be heard, reach out to me because we can perhaps hold that space for you and give you this opportunity and give you the beautiful resources that I had through Grace Point, um, the coaching staff, the editing staff, the marketing and everything that you need. Yeah, we would love to be able to give that give that to you and support you. So 
that's there for you, my friend, if you're here listening and feeling like there's a story bubbling up inside of you. And there's been so much that's been happening, but I want to keep this short and it's actually longer than I thought I would be. So let me just kind of end there. The next time, so this is releasing on Tuesday, we're going to come back on Thursday with one of my dear friends, Mike Melios, who has been uh, a guest on our podcast before. He's going to be talking about joy in the uh, cultivating joy in the um, in these uncertain times. And so I'm hoping that we'll start around with these uncertain times and chaos is going to talk a little bit more about that today. But let's just plant the seed for you to come back on Thursday and listen to Mike. Uh, so we're going to talk about cultivating joy in these uncertain times. And, and then we will be continuing a series of, of these, this emotional journey that will be reflected from my book. So we'll have beautiful guests on who have their own perception and, and take on these different emotions like fear, like chaos, like joy, like peace. We'll get their stories and their perspective. And then I will be on the, the week after to share my little take on it with some of the somatic and expanded awareness practices that helped me through my healing journey to help you. So we have lots in store. These next, I think, would end up being like about 28 weeks of taking us through this emotional recovery journey. So hang on. Have a lot of fun with us. And until then, uh, we do want to come back here and feel really supported and work from this place of abundance. And, you know, I hear so many podcasts out there who are offering, you know, lots of advertising. And I want to keep this ad free because it does, there's an investment for us. You know, we have a beautiful editing staff who's making sure everything sounds beautifully and runs smoothly here. And so I want to be able to fund that. And then the guests that are coming on who are part of our Nomad Collective, they're the voices in Nomad Collective. So we're sponsoring them. So if you have it in your time and your space and your heart and your, your wallet to support our mission, it, we're asking for uh, $11 a month to support this podcast. And you also, when you sign up for it, get personal invites to all of our free events that are happening throughout the month. So we have about three to four events that are happening that you can be a part of um, by just sponsoring this podcast for $11 a month. And we also have this membership program where you can come and have, we have a plethora of live events online and we're going on in person with retreats again and live events and those book reading dance events that are happening. So when you become a member, you get access to all of that in lots of beautiful ways. So I encourage you to go visit nomad, the nomadcollective.org, the nomadcollective.org, and find out more about our membership program, about our guides program, and everything. Just go for a little journey and find out everything that's happening at Nomad. And I'll be telling you more here too at, um, on our next podcast episode. Okay, so have a beautiful journey. If you have a story inside of you, go ahead, start sharing it, reach out to me. I'd love to hear it and find a way to support you on that journey. And if you enjoy being back with us on this podcast, I I invite you to subscribe to us if you haven't already, share it with others, invite people, especially if you know somebody who is looking to bring their, their story out to life, 
invite them here, get get them to know us a little bit more, and uh, let's make this community grow and build and thrive. And I will see you all soon. All right, everyone, have a beautiful, beautiful day.